Danny boy The pipes, the pipes are calling A very good evening everybody, are we all well? I've travelled all the way from Cavan this evening to be here for this The homecoming of the Aga Khan Trophy which is coming to us very shortly Are we all well? That's the sort of cheer we need because coming straight up from the back is the Aga Khan Trophy led by the one and only Michael Blake. He, of course, uh, accompanied by uh, Keen O'Connor and Max Watchman, but give them a huge big round of applause as we get them up onto the stage. A little bit of history being made here this evening. I think you can do more than that for Michael. Come on, give him another big round of applause. Well done, Michael. You can put that sitting up there. It's something that hasn't been won in a few years. And you give a commitment that whenever you took over as the team chef and the team manager, that you are actually going to deliver it and bring the cup back to your hometown. Give him another big round of applause, Michael Blake. Of course, Michael Blake couldn't do it on his own. He needed four team members to uh, deliver those clear rounds and what clear rounds is what it's all about. And joining me on the stage, we've got two of those team members that have joined us here this evening. Two others are away on international duty, but he brought two important ones with him. He brought 18-year-old Max Watchman on his first ever Aga Khan and a winning one at that. So give him a huge big round of applause. And then he bought the old fella of the team. Actually, Connor Swale, I think, claims that particular one. But for the most caps ever by an Irish rider, Keen O'Connor, give him a huge big round of applause. Now, lads, you can sit down for a few minutes. Take it easy. Michael, you can sit down and do what you're told for once in your life. He actually doesn't like doing what he's told. Anyway, we're very honored this evening uh, to uh, have the famous Aga Khan trophy with us here this evening for it to be paraded around. And it's something that really Michael wanted to do whenever he won the Aga Khan was to bring it to his hometown, but also to bring it around the country as well. And with the tradition of the Aga Khan trophy, it usually, uh, whenever it's won on the day, it usually goes back into the RDS offices and then goes back to Weirs where it's engraved and then goes to the vault and stays there until it comes out again 12 months later, usually before the start of the show. But through to Michael's form, he hadn't won the cup, but he was already on to Pat Handley, the show director at the Dublin Horse Show, to ask him for the trophy to be allowed out. And he wasn't just happy with asking Pat Handley, he then went to the CEO, Geraldine Ruan, to make sure that she'd give it its blessing as well. So they're both here this evening, and I'd like to give them a welcome and bring them up on stage as well. They're very shy they don't like being up on stage come on Geraldine and I bet them heels are not meant for this grass <laughs> Pat I hope you didn't wear heels so you're all right so of course we have some dignitaries here with us this evening as well I'm going to ask them to join us up on stage we've got the mayor from here in Tomb Graney which is Mary Coffey we've got the mayor from Clare Tony O'Brien and we've got Senator Timmy Dooley so would they please join us up on stage as well Horseboard Ireland, 
of course, are a huge part of... Mira, you can sit up beside Max here. You're like, come on, sit over here now. Oh, oh yeah, well done. Timmy, there's plenty of seats up here as well. Timmy, you're missing a chain. Uh, <laughs> Horseboard Ireland are a huge part of everything that happens within equestrian sport. Joe Reynolds is the chairman and he is delighted to be here with us this evening. Dennis Duggan is on his way, but Joe Reynolds, if you're in the crowd, please make your way to the stage as well. Also, the team vet, Marcus Swale, the unsung hero of what happens in the background, along with himself and the grooms. They, of course, are a huge big part of the Team Ireland and the underwriting exchange team that you see behind us. So, Marcus, you join us up on stage as well. And Joe, I don't think Joe's here yet, but he'll join us in a few moments' time. Firstly, I cannot believe the crowd of people that's actually here this evening. It's unbelievable to see such a huge crowd and it means a lot to Michael and to the entire team that such a crowd would actually turn out. Whenever Michael contacted me a couple of weeks ago, he said, I need you for a gig. A paid one or a free one, I said. He said, do you not remember the time that you came down to my place about 25 years ago with your mayor and you got a free stable and you got a free breakfast and he got nothing, it's time to pay back. So, <laughs> so Michael, I was delighted to be here this evening. and. Uh, we, uh, it's, it's great to be here and see so many people as well. Tonight it's to honour the, the riders and to honour Michael as well and to get a bit of a feel for what it meant to them and what it means to win the Aga Khan Trophy. So bear with us for the next 15 or 20 minutes. Of course, there's some refreshments being served. You will get a chance as well to get your picture taken with the Aga Khan Trophy. And you'll also get a chance to meet Keen, Max and Michael and anybody else that you want to meet as well as part of the overall team. So without further ado... Of course, we're in the village of Tomb Graney, and it would be risk of me not to ask the mayor of Tomb Graney to say a few words, Mary Coffey. I put you on the spot, so I'll help you. you did, yeah. I did. <laughs> what does this mean for you uh, to have such a crowd here this evening, but also to honour one of your own in Michael Blake? Well, I think it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, Tumgraney is a brilliant village and we have an awful lot of skill and talent, but I think what Michael has achieved is just spectacular because it's not just the Aga Khan, it's everything else. So it's just brilliant that everyone is here to celebrate that. And thank you. Are you into the horses yourself? Mm, not really, no. But you are now. <laughs> I am now. And I always watch the Aga Khan. I was glued to it, I must say. So it was brilliant. And this is, it's been great because Michael and his family, Mary, and all his uh, siblings are all really part of the village here. So that's great to be able to bring something like this back because, because by the look of Michael, I don't think he would have been ever good at football or hurling, would he? I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but they're very much part of the community here and Mary is very active as well. So it's, it's brilliant. It's wonderful. Well, well done. Thank you for having us here this evening. Mary Coffey, ladies and gentlemen. We go to the Mayor of Clare, Tony O'Brien. You're very welcome. I did, a, I, did a, I did a little bit of preparation before I came up. Thanks very much. <laughs> no problem. Uh, you're, 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 you're too good. You can have the job full time. <laughs> this is an age thing. I've got to get the glasses on, the old, the old, the old specs. But uh, isn't it a fantastic occasion to be here? 
and particularly uh, here in Tumgraney here this evening, uh, to honour one of our own, you know. Uh, we read it where we look at these things on TV and we admire from afar, but it's fantastic to be here this evening amongst friends, family, just to say thank you and well done to one of our own. It's, it's just a, a fantastic occasion. So, so Reverend Fathers, uh, distinguished guests, uh, TD, senators, councillors, I don't want to fall over with anybody in the political world. <laughs> Uh, the noise might be out, but welcome to Tom Graney this evening and to East Clare uh, on the banks of the beautiful River Shannon and Holy Island in Ishkaltra nestling over the way. You're all very welcome here and I suppose I'm especially proud as Mayor of County Clare to have the honour uh, of welcoming home one of our own and honouring his achievements, Michael Blake. Michael's achievements and his successes just didn't happen by accident. And for sure, the Aga Khan Trophy didn't arrive here in Tumgraney tonight by accident. Michael has a passion, a commitment to horses and the equine industry, and it's known the length and breadth of this country. What sets Michael apart, I suppose, is his talent and his work rate, the work ethic he brings to what he does. His, Michael's ability to coach and improve people particularly young aspiring riders, uh, uh, is, is renowned. Prior to being appointed the High Performance Jumping Director, Michael was involved, was involved with many youth squads where he held the role of Team Ireland Service uh, uh, Senior Development Jumping Manager. In that role, Michael very successfully, successfully identified both horses and riders and gave them plenty of opportunities to compete at the top level of competition. Managing all the roles uh, and the horses, the athletes, while also running a very successful business, in equestrian business here in Tumgraney, is hard work. And I suppose it reminds me of the, the old saying, if you want anything done, ask a busy man. Because I'm sure, and, and, and as you are aware, uh, that time that Michael has given and that he contributed, he also contributed to his local community. Uh, Michael was very involved uh, in the local uh, festival committee. Uh, the Blake family have always been committed to the local uh, horse show, Scarif show. And in fairness, I know both your parents would be very, very proud if they were here this evening because both Michael's parents contributed immensely to life here in Tumgraney, in Scarif, and in East Clare, and all over the country. I suppose finally, Michael, tonight is about honouring you and your achievements. And on behalf of everybody here in Tumgraney, in East Clare, and in, in County Clare, it's a great honour and it's a great privilege to me on their behalf to say, well done, congratulations, and continued success, and hopefully we'll be back here again. So well done, Michael. Thank you. Good man, Tony. Thank you. I suppose my next uh, speaker, whenever we want money, we go to government and we need plenty of money for to keep this sport going. And it is a sport that actually is delivering for every pound that the government are putting in, 
the writers, the breeders, the producers are certainly giving back to the exchequer. It's a huge boost and it's a huge sector as well. And we're delighted that Timmy Dooley, Senator Timmy Dooley, has joined us here this evening. And we're going to send a strong message with him back to government that we want more money for this sector. Timmy, you're very welcome. Thanks very much. Yeah, but of course... Anytime you're in the company of Michael Slattery of Hearthsport Ireland, there's a demand and an expectation for cash. Uh, but, you know, of course it's always difficult for the government um, to find money to invest, to find taxpayers' money to invest. But when you see somebody like Michael Blake and what he has succeeded in doing through his life, I first got to know Michael as when I was very young, going to the shows in Scarif and watching him perform from a, a really young age and then to have tracked his career uh, right the way up, it really does show that if you put the money in, success will come. And it's not just money that goes uh, to the stars, the people who, who, who are the, the riders and the people who own the horses, but it's the breeders. Um, there are so many small breeders dotted throughout County Clare who are working on bringing uh, their mare, uh, they'll have a foal, and they hope that that foal will go on to perform in some of the big shows. So today, uh, and the success of Michael and his team is really a success for the entire industry. And that's why there's so many people here. Because East Clare, right, right throughout County Clare, there's a great tradition uh, of relatively small farms. Um, and you that have their cattle and maybe their sheep. But there's often a mare or two. Um, and that foal, in many cases, goes on to rear the kids, to put them through school and college. So this is a... There's a domino effect from the success of the Agacon. It'll encourage other farmers to keep that mare that maybe hadn't a great foal last year, but could have one next year, and that'll be such a benefit. Um, I too, like others, want to pay tribute uh, to Michael and Mary and to the entire Blake family for what they have succeeded in doing here. Um, and whilst I know his parents would be rightly proud, his father, John Blake, I have to say... Uh, it, it, it's really the one person that's missing here this evening. I had to ask Michael how long he had passed, because I thought it was only a couple of years ago. Such was the presence that he, he, he left around the place. But it was, Michael was telling me it was 2013 since he passed. But what he did for the bloodstock industry, what he did to instill uh, an understanding and a, and a love um, of the equine industry in Michael, we can see uh, what, uh, what has been achieved. And I'm sure from whatever uh, angle of the... The, the place up there he, he's watching, he's, he's immensely proud. Would have been in Dublin, but the fact that the Aga Khan Trophy is sitting here in Tumgraney this evening, I'm sure, brings great pride uh, to all that went before. Um, so we're really thankful to Michael for his, what he has done. Um, don't want to put any great burden on you, Michael, but that's the first one. Um, we'll be expecting more success. Uh, and I'm sure his, uh, his son David, who is a, is a wonderful uh, uh, rider, as you know, um, is in Florida. It would have been great to have him here, but such is his commitment um, to, the, to the equine industry. He's, he's doing what he's doing um, on the other side of the world. So that's, that's, that shows the, what, you know, the, the mark that has been left by this family. Well, well done. Thank you for being with us this evening. Thank you, Senator Timmy Dooley. I was... I was spouting about the money. I suppose the real money man is after joining us on stage. Paul McDermott from Sport Ireland joins us on the stage. Well done. Paul, just stand up there for a second. This is great for Sport Ireland. Team Ireland, show jumping. The first team to qualify for the Olympic Games and win the Aga Khan. They've hit the jackpot this year. Uh, they're superb. It's just unbelievable. I want to pay tribute to Michael and all the riders, particularly Keen, who led from the front. 
Uh, it's an extraordinary summer. To win the Aga Khan, which is one of the great iconic sporting trophies in Ireland and internationally, but also the World Championship or the Qualified for the Olympic Games. So Michael's really doing a wonderful job. It's fantastic for sport in Ireland, for Sport Ireland, for everybody associated with what we're trying to do. And we're just thrilled for everybody. And I think it's fantastic tonight because when you're involved in sport, you know, you don't always win, right? It's a tough old business and show jumping's a tough business. So it's fantastic when you win and it's fantastic to celebrate. So Michael's right on the money. He knows how to win and he knows how to celebrate and well done to the riders and Key in particular and Max. Delighted they're here and long may it continue and hopefully there's uh, even better days ahead. So thank you. Around the table at Sport Ireland, show jumping has been championed for many a year as the one that's going to deliver all the time. And it's, as you said, it hasn't always went according to plan, but now the plan and the parts of the jigsaw all seem to be coming together. Yeah, I mean, it's a very tricky business, show jumping, because it's a rub of a pole. You know, you need, the, we don't, we're not lacking talent in terms of horsemanship. Like, when you look at the people on the stage, like, we're a gifted nation in terms of horsemanship, but we rely a lot on owners, you know, who not only, you know, buy and develop these horses, but lend them to Team Ireland. And then, you know, it's not a straight line. It's not like rowing or swimming. You know, you have to turn up at the Olympic Games, be right on the day and get it right. There's no better man than Key, and hopefully he's passing this on to the next generation. So, like, it's a tough business we're in, but they always give us a great day out. You know, you always get great excitement. There's nothing like the buzz of a team event, you know, the Aga Khan or the Olympics or the Worlds or the Europeans. And we've had a lot of great days out in the past and hopefully a few more in the future. Well done. Good that you're here with us this evening. I mentioned the RDS, that's the main reason, well, part of the reason why we're here this evening, because a couple of weeks ago, the RDS had uh, the wonderful uh, Dublin Horse Show, and uh, Pat Hanley, you can just tell me you are, actually, uh, of course, you're the show director, you're the man that, that weighs on your shoulder for to make sure it get all them 14 or 1500 horses in and out, and also make sure the show works like clockwork. Do you enjoy the show? Ah, uh, yeah, you'd have to, I mean, it's... There was so much excitement uh, because it hadn't happened for three years, I think, up and down the country. Uh, people were looking forward to so much. Uh, there was queues outside the gate from the Wednesday morning. And um, it meant so much to so many people from the kids uh, in the 12-2 competitions, the breeders, the breeders' championship, all the lead classes, and then the culmination of it in uh, the international uh, competition and the Aggie Khan Trophy. Um, What's your favourite part of the week? I know the Aggie Khan, the pageantry, uh, the tension, the the parade, uh, all of that. I th I think is is something that's uniquely uh, Irish. Uh, the history going back to the foundation of the state and how important uh, it was uh, that show jumping uh, before we had any embassies or any overseas uh, uh, government uh, representatives. We were able to send out teams uh, to put an Irish flag uh, and show that Ireland was was open for business. Um, and I think that connection with the Irish people is still there. Um, if you, you, you see it on Facebook and uh, the, the oohs and ahs in relation to in the competition, uh, how engaged Irish people are uh, in show jumping and in all the equestrian sports in a way that doesn't happen anywhere else around the world. Uh, so look, that's the favourite part. Are you surprised that so many people are in awe of the trophy itself and that could we see that maybe as part of your marketing plan that it could be rolling out to different villages around the country? 
yeah, I mean, the, the trophy itself is a great heritage. And I think that, you know, when you go and you bring it out, you find the connections from people, uh, maybe to what they were breeders or they were involved in competition or they, you know, trained riders. Uh, so look, I, I think it's, it's a very organic sport. It happens in every parish up and down the country. Uh, we have uh, riding schools and, 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 and people uh, breeding horses. And then that just culminates into the national effort and the, the team. And whenever Michael asked you for the trophy, what did you say? First, of course, we always say yes to Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Pat Hanley. <laughs> Geraldine Rand, the CEO of the, of the Dublin Horse Show. I'll get you to stand up beside me here. Um, it was your first big show. Uh, you're the new CEO of the Dublin Horse Show. Did you really know what it was all about before, you actually, uh, before the show actually happened itself? I kind of did because I'm from Galway, so I used to go to the Galway races. Come back then, I was a, a spectator as a corpus, you know, so I always had the fun. But when I arrived, I never realised it was so huge. And, uh, but a fabulous few days. And I think this year there was pent up demand. We were 20% higher than 2019 figures. So it was, it was, and the media coverage was absolutely out of, out of this world. But uh, we're so proud to be here this evening to bring that cup. But what an Irish team. And do you know what was very exciting? Before they came back, they had, they had qualified for the Olympics in 2024. So there was great excitement and great expectations. So while they had nerves of steel, we were very nervous spectators. And when we beat them by 1.5 seconds, the whole place exploded. There was over 20,000 in the stands and it was very exciting. Which rider do you like, did you like the most? I love them all. Love them all. <laughs> I know that's a bit unfair of a question, actually. But uh, I, you, you had a really good time, and you, your guests had a great time as well. The, the, the spectacle that is the Aga Khan and is the Dublin Horse Show, that must be a brilliant advertisement for you, for the RDS going forward, and certainly because I know you've got big plans. Absolutely. Well, it's nationally and internationally recognised, first and foremost, which is fabulous. In 2026, we'll be celebrating 100 years of the Aga Khan. So we have big ambitions for prize funds, etc., and things like that. But also we're in the process of trying to develop a new stadium, a 50 million stadium. So I'm still looking for money from government and things like that. But we're nearly there, nearly there. Yeah. Well, well done. Thanks for letting the trophy come here this evening. Well done. Jerry Ruan, the CEO of the RDS. Come to you in a second. Dennis Duggan, the CEO of Horse Sport Ireland. Uh, you're new into the job as well, and uh, it's been a great run for you since you arrived. Absolutely, and delighted to be be here, first of all, in Tomb Graney, but it, you know, it's been a super summer, really, between um, youths and um, junior teams and so on, and then, of course, in Herning for, for Keane and the team to, to qualify for the Olympics and to follow it seven days later with the Aga Khan. It's just magical summer. It's like as if I was riding the horses myself, Brendan. <laughs> but obviously... Apart from the international area of participation, there's a lot more that goes on in, in Horseport Ireland, but this has to be a great platform for whatever else you want to do. It, it is. This is the shop window. Um, so others that have spoken before me have spoken about um, breeders that are breeding horses. Winning at this level is what highlights the Irish equestrian industry to buyers all over the world and even as we were speaking there's horses in Italy that are competing in other nations that were bred here in Ireland and met a man this morning from Monaghan who bred a horse for the, the US team so 
that is the shop window. But at grassroots level, in every community around the country, there's equestrian centres that tonight and tomorrow night and Saturday afternoon, there's going to be children going in to learn how to horse ride, learn, learn to show jump, and that's the future. And we're involved through all of our affiliates in supporting all of that as well, along with Sport Ireland. Well done. It's been great and a great run. Let's hope that run continues. Dennis Duggan, the CEO of Horse Sport Ireland. Marcus Swale is the team vet. And of course, your brother was the man that delivered that final clear round against the clock to clinch the Aga Khan. You were the vet, but you also had your, your brother there. What were you feeling on the occasion? Um, uh, my father was there. It was a huge day out for the family, really. And... I, I mean, I think that when you're part of the team and trying to contribute to the team, you always are, um, you know, you're, you're caught up in the, um, you know, you have nerves and you want to see everything going well. And I wasn't quite sure, just the way things have happened over the years, there haven't been many occasions when, I, I mean, I, I've been doing the veterinary work for the team for a good number of years, but there haven't been many occasions when Connor and I have ended up in that uh, position. So I wasn't quite sure how I was going to feel about it, but I actually wasn't quite as nervous uh, as I thought I was going to be because I, I think part of the reason for that is that um, without sounding overconfident, anybody that asked me all week how we were going to go on Friday, I said we're going to win it. And I would have said that even for a week or two before. And, I, you know, I'm not usually, I'm looking at my wife here, I'm not usually an over, overly optimistic person, I'm a realist, but I just had a really good feeling about it, I felt we had a good team, we had a good plan, and, you know, I, I, I was confident in our ability, you know, things still always have to happen uh, on the day, but um, I thought we had a great chance of winning it, yeah. I can remember uh, you're walking down the, the chute from Simmons Court uh, in you were on the rubber, you were, Connor was sort of a little bit in front of you, you were sort of a bit behind him, a little bit of communication was going on at that particular stage as well, but he was pretty focused in terms of himself, he was relaxed about what he was going to do. Yeah, again, he, he probably looked relaxed on the, the surface and maybe wasn't underneath, but I mean, we were, um, we were, we took our time, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not, but we, we decided that Connor was going to watch the French rider go on the screen and that we would, uh, you know, we would take our time, we would let him do that, we would m not make everybody wait, but we, we, would, um, we, we would do it in a way that was uh, as advantageous to us as possible. So that's why there was, I didn't really realise until I seen it back on television, but there was a bit of a delay when we were sort of, Probably making your job harder when we were um, no Pat's Pat's job actually. Yeah, when we were coming down the tunnel. But I mean, he, I mean, he came down and we were, uh, Kane and Shane were chatting to him on the way down, and Michael. And um, then I think at one point I had to hunt him away just to let Connor clear his head for uh, a minute or two. But sure, then he came in and like he loosened the saddle and moved the saddle and got himself organised. And I think um, Michael is a bit superstitious. If we jump a clear round, he makes you stand in the same place the next time and <laughs> think and things like that. And uh, uh, you mean in the kiss and cry area? Yes, yes. <laughs> Um, but uh, every, every time Connor had went in um, in the two rounds before, uh, you know, I had been chatting to him and I just gave him two pats on the leg like that. So uh, I made sure to do that before, before he went in the last time as well. So. 
Is it a demanding job being the team vet? Um, do you have much to do without telling me too much? Not at all. No, I do. I do. I do. Uh, I just drink coffee and talk to people. Yeah. It, it's um, it's kind of difficult to describe what I do, Brendan. To be honest with you, it's. Uh, we'll keep that for another night. I, I'll I'll say it's a multifaceted job, and I'll leave it at that. Okay, yeah. Well, well done. You're a big part of the team, Marcus Swale, everybody. Yeah, I. I'll come to him in a second. Max Watchman, stand up here beside me. Give Max Watchman a big round of applause. That's sort of, that's the sort of reminds you of the Friday afternoon in Dublin, does it? Yeah, the turnout today is unbelievable. It's great to see so many people here. Now, whenever you started out your season this year, did you ever believe that you were going to jump in an Aga can and be on a winning one at that? I suppose it's always the dream, but to get there was really an amazing feeling. You told me in the build-up to, to the Aga Khan and to, to Dublin, uh, because Dublin show is different than any other show that you've had to compete at. And you've won medals uh, at the Junior European Championships with the Pony, and so you know what it's like to win a medal. But the build-up towards Dublin is something a little bit different. And maybe earlier in your career, you were a little bit nervous, but you've overcome them nerves and you rode into that ring on the Friday afternoon like you had done it 130 times. Yeah, I was very lucky when I was younger. I had some good ponies towards the back end of my pony career and I think they brought me on a lot and um, allowed me to conquer those nerves. And suppose teaming up with himself behind us here five years ago, that probably put the nerves away as well, did it? Yeah, definitely. Keane's a great coach and um, he's taught me a lot and I still have a lot to learn, but um, no, he's been a great coach. Did you enjoy the week? Yeah, it was a great week. Um, there was a bit of pressure early on in the week, but um, from Friday morning I was fairly focused and um, any nerves that were there went away and just tried to do my job. Now, I've asked you this before, but for the people here, you've, your ritual on a day like that is uh, sort of go and watch movies or put on your headphones and just listen to some music? Yeah, normally I try to watch um, old videos of where the horse went well and where we had good rounds and then try to ride the horse the same way. It's normally my morning routine. <laughs> so how many hours of that do you do? As many as it takes. <laughs> So on the day itself, the parade, that's always, I think as a child, whenever I'll be watching the television, the parade, that's what I, I really love the buzz of the parade. Did you enjoy the parade? Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing to see the crowd and so many people there. It, the stand look wedged. Um, no, it was really cool. Then you jumped your rounds. You took forever to come back out to me in the pocket. It was like the longest walk ever. Was that intentional? I was trying to think of what to say. <laughs> <laughs> what was going through your mind at that particular stage? Was that's a long walk from, say, Herbert Park back to the to Simmons Court. That is a long walk. Yeah, it, it took a long enough time anyway. <laughs> but you told me that you were probably disappointed that you had a fence down. But as in, the thing was that this was your first Aga Khan in front of the home crowd. The pressure was on. You're riding Berlux, brilliant horse, and you rode brilliantly. Yeah, I made a mistake on the last line in the first round, which ultimately cost me having to jump down. But um, thankfully, it didn't. It didn't matter to the team and the other riders. Um, did great. Did a great. Did great jobs to jump three clear rounds and kept us in the hunt. I was laughing. Porrick Lodge was doing the commentary on the television, and he was with Tom Frayne, and he turned around at one stage and he goes, "18-year-old Max Watchman." 
yeah, his pals are probably in Magaluf and he's here this week jumping in the Yaga Khan. <laughs> I was wondering, would you ever take a trip to Magaluf? <laughs> I haven't been to Magaluf yet, but that's not to say never. Okay, very good. What's the, the plans for you now going forward? Uh, you're starting college, you just did your leave insert, so you're starting in UCD. How are you going to mix the horses and education because you're doing business in college and that's a big part of what you're going to do going down the road with, with Coolmore show jumping. Yeah, look, um, commerce, we're planning, we're doing commerce. Um, I think it's a good degree to give us a, a better understanding of business, which hopefully we can imply, apply to um, our show jumping interests. So Coolmore show, show, show jumping, it's going to be a business, it's not going to be a pastime. Yeah, exactly. At the moment, we're trading in a few horses with Keen, and our goals are to expand that and create it into a big business. So are you looking for a few horses for Paris? Yeah, hopefully, geez, it's that's still a long, long way away, um, but it's still a dream. And you're probably planning already? Look, it, it'll be very hard to get there, um, but like I said, it's a dream. Okay, well, well done. You give us a memorable afternoon. It's a memorable year for you as well. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together one final time for Max Watchman. Our next rider, we're, we're near the end, we're near the end, um, is Keen O'Connor. Give him a huge big round of applause. Are you surprised by the amount of people that's here this evening? I am actually, yeah. Fantastic uh, turnout, so really well done. It's great to see so many people here. You've jumped on many Zanaga Can. It's 130 caps you have at this moment in time, is that right? I think so, or close enough to it. Close enough to that. But um, is Dublin different than any of the other competitions that you jump in around the world? Yeah, as Pat says, uh, the whole pageantry and tradition is very different. Um, the crowd, how they get behind you. And when you go into that arena on Friday, uh, the big cheer goes, and then there's total silence, and uh, it's very unusual, and you're just hoping you don't rub a pole or hoping you don't make a mistake. So... Everything that Dublin has about it is special and unique to that, to that amazing show. You rode Kilkenny, an Irish bred, owned by Sue Magner. And this is the horse that you think an awful lot of. You've carefully built him back up to compete at the Aga Khan this year. You then had to go in in the second round and deliver that clear round to force a jump off. What was going through your mind? Yeah, we've been building Kilkenny back up slowly. He obviously was seventh at the Olympic Games last year in Tokyo, and then he had a long break, and uh, all the focus for the last six months or so has been on, on that special day and just building him up. I did a lot of small classes, and a couple of weeks before Dublin, he jumped in Mullingar and had a double clear there, and I have good grass arena at home. I was building courses at home with the same kind of material as Dublin, so I felt he was well prepared physically and, and mentally as well uh, for the test, and, and normally that's the bad thing about going last to go. Michael likes to put me last. He says I don't perform anywhere else. Um, but normally when you're going last, you've only one choice. You have to be clear. And uh, I knew going in the gate, he said you, you know what you have to do, and, and when you're riding a horse as good as him, uh, it makes the job very easy. But surely that. You, you know exactly what you've got to do. A clear round, it's all it'll take to get you to that next uh, stage. You cope well with that sort of pressure. Yeah, I suppose I'm quite organised in my approach, uh, both in terms of the training of the horse and how I approach the course. Uh, we want to ride the course with precision and we know exactly how many strides we're going from the whole way around. And then you just try and be accurate and not to make mistakes. And uh, if the horse is going well and you've schooled him properly, the chances are you should be clear. But does the crowd at Dublin not get a bit noisy? Do you hear them making oohs and ahs whenever you're jumping? 
Uh, no, you don't really. I mean, you, you, you know there's going to be a big cheer, hopefully, if you go clear when you go through the finish. But the whole thing with team jumping is, you know, we can jump on our own individually in all sorts of classes throughout the week at, at Dublin or all the other shows we do. But it's something very special about team jumping. You have, you have all the other teammates. You have their support staff. You have the owners, everyone behind the scenes. So when you're going in there last to go, you really feel you want to be clear for everybody else. You don't want to let other people down. I saw on social media that you uh, posted up that you sold... Severe, the horse that uh, helped deliver the Olympic qualification. Why are you selling the horse that actually that we might need? Well, needs must, and as Max said, it's a business, and uh, we have to trade as well. Okay, so as in good horse, another couple of years left in them. Maybe you you plenty more horses coming through, but a horse at that level that you went and found and helped Ireland to get that Olympic qualification that we've been struggling to get. Like, would you not try and keep them? Well, it is, it is part of the business. I, obviously, we can't just keep buying horses. We've got to sell some as well. But also, when I was uh, approaching the year and thinking about the plan last March or April, and I discussed with Michael that I didn't feel Kilkenny would be ready for a world championship, that hopefully I could have him ready for Dublin. Um, then I knew there was one horse, maybe short, that if I could find something. So I looked for a horse with experience, and Severe had a lot of experience. So we bought him with the aim of trying to qualify, and then hopefully the aim of selling him. But it was interesting, there was several clients to buy him, and, and as I said, when a horse goes well, it's, it's always quite easy to sell. What's the plan for you um, going forward, as in for the rest of the season? Yeah, we go to Spain next month. There's a tour there for three weeks, so we'll take on some younger horses and try and bring them along. You know, it's all very well doing these big shows, but we have to bring on the new horses and, and develop them as well. And then um, I kind of divide my year between buying and selling horses, competing, and the whole year revolves around August. Normally in August, we have a, a European Championship, a Worlds or an Olympics, and always the Aga Khan. So that's the big focus. And then for the next few months, I try to trade. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm no interest in buying horses in July or whatever, but once September kicks in, I go into dealing mode. Well done. I have to say, uh, whenever he walked in this evening, he walked past a lady and a lady uh, said, Jesus, he looks much slimmer in real life <laughs> than whenever he's on the horse. But he's been working really hard at it over the past couple of months. So give him a big round of applause. He looks really well. Well done. <laughs> You're some slagger, Magarda. I'll get you back. <laughs> that lady wants to remain anonymous. <laughs> Now, there is one man down there, which I might be able to... Good oh, actually, he's going to come up here. Jerry Sweetnam, come up here to me for a minute. I see you in the crowd. Jerry Sweetnam, come up here. Your son, Shane, was on the team as well with the Irish bred CSF James Can Cruz. Stop saying them explicit words while you're coming up to me, will you? I saw... Mar Did I see Mary Burke down there? I know I saw Sheila. Is Mary here? Is she? Is she? Where is she? Whenever I heard about, about breeding good horses and all, and of course she was the, the big star from down here as well, went to the World Championships with our brilliant Chipperson. And he, of course, was an Irish-bred horse as well. Jerry, well done. I'd say you're very proud of your son and what he's achieved and how he helped the team win for Ireland recently. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, congratulations to Michael and what he has done and putting the, the two teams together and qualifying for the... The Olympics and to win the, the Aga Khan Shirt is fantastic. He has put a lot of work into it, and we are very proud of you. Shane, of course, is based in Kentucky and in Wellington and Florida, but he hasn't lost the Kentork accent at all. 
<laughs> no, 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 he hasn't. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want the American accent. <laughs> Yet, um, riding an Irish bred horse that's bred in Galway, CSF James Can Cruise. He's a lovely horse. Shane can hope for many big days at him, providing he can keep him and keep him sound. Yeah, that's the, the big thing, to keep him sound. Uh, he looks like one for the future. Um, a championship horse, we hope. And uh, he's delighted to have an Irish horse just now. Yeah, but it's great. Yourself and Mary love travelling around the world. You're the biggest supporters of him and the Irish team. I'm delighted that you are getting so much success out of it as well at the moment. And I'm delighted that Shane, he's a big team player, who was part of the team at Dublin as well. So please send him our very best wishes back where he's jumping this weekend. Yeah, I, I will do that. We, we, we love travelling, but it comes at a... At a a price. You've forgot to be old, retired, and have a passion for it. And you've all three. Yeah, I, I hope so. <laughs> well done. It's Jerry Sweetnam, ladies and gentlemen. Joe Reynolds, do you want to join me for quickly? I think we're down to our last one, because I don't think we need to hear from anybody else, I don't think. Joe Reynolds, congratulations to the team. It's, it's great as being chairman of Horse Sport Ireland to have so many medals this year, both senior, junior. It's just a whitewash of medals. The medal ceremony is going to be big this year. It's going to be big, yeah. It's uh, fantastic to see all the way up through the, the age groups, senior team, fantastic. And also the breeding side, so many Irish horses. I don't think you can better it. But it's just, it's, it's a great news story and it's something that we've been waiting for for a long time. For a long time, yeah. I think my part in it is quite small. It was probably the most significant thing I did was recruit Michael and negotiate a contract. <laughs> we'll have to see, how, when, when's, he, when's he up for signing? Because I think he was looking for a bigger deal after, the, after Dublin. <laughs> yes, I can imagine. <laughs> But it's great, Joe. I, I, never mind the show jumping, just right across the whole equestrian family. Right across the whole thing, yeah. But I think also, I don't know if Jack is here, but just to you know, acknowledge his part in the team as well, Jack Ryan. Uh, but yeah, across the whole equestrian, uh, the eventers are in Italy at the moment. I hope they go well. And uh, But particularly the ponies and the underage stuff, it's just phenomenal. You know, team goals and first, second and third individuals. Can't, but you can't get any better, you know? Anyway, this is great to have it here in Fantastic. East Clare, and uh, it's just a brilliant a brilliant promotion for the sport. I'm sure it's, it, this is probably the furthest it's ever been from Bowles Bridge. <laughs> and it, I think it, it might, he might want to keep it here for another while. Well done, Joe. Thanks for joining us. So I think that's it. So I don't think, do we need to hear from anybody else? Who? Michael who? Whenever I say Michael, you say Blake, okay? Michael? Blake. Michael? Blake. Louder. Michael? Blake. Michael? Blake. Michael Blake, get up here. <laughs> I thought he was going to have ice creams from everybody, but he, had, he didn't even take up the bait. I put it up on social media last night. Every time I saw him at Dublin Horse Show a couple of weeks ago, he was lined up, up against the ice cream machine, looking for a 99, and a big one at that with two flakes in it. Michael, well done. Congratulations. Give another big round of applause. You set out to do a number of things this year, and you've accomplished them all. Qualification for the Olympic Games, win the Aga Khan, and bring the trophy home. 
Yeah, we're very, very happy, and it was a fantastic year. And I suppose something else we've done is, I suppose we've won a Nations Cup on four different continents this year. That's not easy to do. We started in Dubai in January, then we moved to America, then we moved to Canada. I suppose it's not really a different continent. And then home where, then obviously the World Championships, uh, we needed to get a result, and we did. And uh, then Dublin. I suppose people said it'd be difficult to get both done. And, you know, we had to think long and hard how we'd split the team. Would we just go for the Olympics get that done or would we and put all our eggs in one basket but uh, you know we, we discussed it as a team and as a group and we felt that we had we had enough uh, horses and riders to be able to do both and uh, you know there for a minute or two in both places it was feeling very lonely but uh, in the end it all worked out and uh, you know it was six and a half days I think there's a film called something like seven days or whatever but anyway in six and a half days uh, our world changed and we got the Olympic qualification and uh, the Aga Khan Trophy, and that was just fantastic. <clears throat> when, when did it all really sink in for you on what you had achieved with the team? Uh, like, I don't think we as a team achieved it. Uh, you know, I obviously had a plan, and obviously the plan... I needed cooperation, I needed things to go well. You know, there was, a, like as Kean said, uh, you know, I discussed early in the year was that hard, was Kilkenny be available, and we, you know, he, you know, he had a, a little issue, and uh, you know, he didn't have great luck in his repreparation, and uh, you know, we had to take a chance and leave him out, and then Keane obviously went off and bought another horse, which was great for us, and uh, you know, we planned towards doing both. Uh, it's not easy, but it, it with the, with the help of very very good riders, and they're planned out. In the beginning of the year, we set out our plan. You know, I call all the writers. I, you know, I said this is this is what we need to do. I need you to go to this show, this show, and this show, and I need you to be at specific Nations Cups. But also, I need you to miss some shows. You can't just decide you're going to be a team jumper. You have to be prepared to maybe miss a good payday somewhere else. And I suppose that's what the Irish people are good to do. They're good to follow the plan. Uh, you know, you you can't go to the World Championships and go to Dublin and be somewhere three weeks before and think you're going to win them all. You're not. You got to target what you want to do, and that's I suppose what we're good at doing. We're good at targeting our um, um, you know targeting our aims and then trying to follow them through. Going back to that Friday afternoon in Dublin, you came down to a jump off with France. You knew that the French rider was going to be fast against the clock, but you had decided earlier in the day that if you did get to that situation, that you were going with Conor Swale as the, the rider to go against the clock. Yeah, uh, I felt we were always going to be in a jump off, but obviously I thought it was going to be on zero. And I was a little disappointed when we were on four, uh, you know. You know, you can ask uh, some of the boys coming out the gate. I wasn't too happy, uh, like when they nudged the fence, you know, you know, it happens, but, you know, we didn't think, we thought we would finish on zero. Uh, but we always thought there would be a jump off. So we put Connor in first in the day for two reasons. One is, you know, if the time was tight and we were drawn first, his horse is quite quick, so we wouldn't incur a time fault. And then the other horses, some of the other horses are younger and we could give them a little more time to ensure that they jump clear. Also, he would have maybe an hour of a rest with his horse, uh, which is also significant. And as... Uh, Marcus alluded to, we were a little bit, I suppose the show weren't that happy with us, we were a little bit slow on moving up there because, uh, you know, I'd seen the French guy, uh, you know, winning, winning before, he won the Nations Cup for them in Hickstead and, you know, the French won the Nations Cup in, uh, in, uh, in Hickstead, but they also won in Canock against, against the clock and the jump-offs were so fast. So we obviously saw his round, uh, we knew that if we could do one less, one less on 
one to two than he did. One less on the rollback. And then obviously I said to Connor, you know when you jump the second last fence and you, can, you think you see one less? Don't. <laughs> because if you knock it, don't come out. <laughs> because obviously we knew if he did one less and one less on the rollback, that's almost a second and a half. And his horse is genuinely probably quicker. So What did he say to you? He said I did what I was told. <coughs> you know, Connor is a great man on the on the clock, but obviously we all thanks to we, we needed that clear on from Keen and he put as as the course builder who's uh, Alan Wade, his first cousin Karina lives in the village here. And you know, you said in the uh, you said in the press conference and you asked Alan and he said, Well, Keen uh, you know, he kept us in the game and kind of put the ball in the net. Like, it was a team effort. And, you know, we all had to get it done, and we did. And, you know, it was a bit of pressure. And there was a, a minute or two there when, you know, I wasn't as confident as I was an hour before the class. You know, there was a minute there, you know, as I said to Keen, you know what you got to do. Like, we, you got to be clear. You look pretty shook at the, after the, the whole thing was over. Yeah, I had a few little health scares there in here. I didn't mean that. It's just I thought the whole... I, I, you don't need to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was a little bit sick, and uh, I spent a little time down the road in Vincent's during the week. But uh, it was it was all good. But it takes it out of you, like because you put everything into it, and you need you want to get the results. And you know when you don't, it's draining. And even when you do, it's draining because it's almost an anticlimax when you 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 go and you win, and you want to win, and then you've won, and then like what do you do next? Well, I know what you did. It wasn't an ice cream. Yeah. Guess where he went? The Embassy Grill in Balls Bridge for fish and chips. <laughs> They're the best chips in Dublin, and everybody knows that. <laughs> but you know, the trouble is, I've been going there for 40 years, and when I went up there, like, I was having a great welcome for myself, and the guy shut the door in my face, and he handed me a bag of chips. He, there was a few of us from Horsport, Ireland, and some friends from Kerry, and we went up there, and they handed us a bag of chips out the window, and they said, like, that's as good as it gets, and we went down, and we sat on Costa Coffee chairs and ate them. But you know, the following night, we were coming home, obviously someone, they must have seen us on security cameras, because they took away their chairs, so, you know. But look... But lucky enough, we got into the Intercontinental for a bit of a gig the following night. Come over here to the trophy for a second, actually. This is something that you, that you always wanted to have here at home. Uh, why? I know it's important, but let me get out of the picture. Let you stand in there, sorry. Um, what does it mean to you and your family, this trophy? Like it, I think it's phenomenal. My father jumped... Uh, I think he won the Grand Prix in Dublin in 1963. Uh, we have a picture, there's a picture actually up in Dublin in the bar where all the pictures are. And that time, there was no clock in that time. And he just, I think he went into the last round against Tommy Wade and Seamus Hayes. And it was four rounds and you keep jumping. And it was in the dark, I think they finished. There was no clock. So they went four rounds until there's nobody left. And obviously, you know, he was very into the horses and he was a, a local vet and he was very into, you know, he never made money but he, you know, but he always treated the animals and he was very popular here in East Clare and, you know, he would be thrilled with this. And of course, it's something you wanted. You got it home now. You'd like to keep it at home as well, wouldn't you? Yeah, but apparently that's not possible. So there's only one way, lads, to get it home for good. You win it next year, you win it the year after and then, you know, wave a, you know, <laughs> So that's how you get to keep it. <laughs> Michael, what's the plans for you and the team for the rest of the season? You have Barcelona coming up. We have Barcelona coming up, but you know, realistically, we've, we've been very demanding on our top horses this year. And if we keep demanding on them, we won't have them as top horses. So we're easing back a little bit and we're bringing a younger team to Barcelona. We were at the European Cup on, in Warsaw the other day with another young team. And, you know, we, we were second. We would have loved to win. But, you know, to be second isn't so bad. Uh, 
I thought it was very bad at the time, but, uh, you know, I suppose on reflection, you know, there were 11 countries there and they all wanted to win and, you know, but we like to win. And uh, as I say, we have Barcelona and it's a younger team, but, you know, we went there last year with a younger team and, uh, you know, we were just pipped by 0.2 one of a second and uh, we have a good record in Barcelona. And Dennis Keane said we have a couple of... Uh, smaller cups in, in Villamora and in Vejer where we'll try out new, newer combinations or maybe older combinations with newer horses. But it's all about building to next year. I suppose we've won five, five Nations Cups this year. We've been second five times and a couple of thirds and then we have a couple of times we, uh, we, we, we scored a wide a couple of times, but you know, that happens. Uh, it's all about building for, the, for next year and the year beyond now, I say. The, the, the major goals for the year have been achieved. Glad to hear it. Um, at Dublin on the well actually at the European Championships whenever the team won a medal you sang whenever you were in Dublin at the at the at the dinner you sang in tune uh, I, I must say he was in tune so would we like him to sing a song tonight I don't think that's fair Brendan it is fair because Keane's going to sing one after you He's the karaoke king. <laughs> so, he is actually. so, Michael Blake, what are you going to sing for us tonight? Well, I, I, I only know the words to about two songs. So, you know, it's, it's, I'm afraid to sing anything else. So, I'll, I'll sing the American anthem, Kean said. <laughs> I suppose what most of you don't know is my friend Guy Hodgkin and I, uh, before the Nations Cup in America, we were... Uh, we were signed up to sing the American anthem, much to the absolute horror of the Americans. <laughs> so, and us, he said, so we sang the American anthem and you know, it all worked out, you know. Then we got to sing the Irish one a little bit after, which was even better, <laughs> you know, because we said it wasn't going to be the American anthem at the end, because you, the, 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 you only have the winner's anthem at the end and the American are not gonna win. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna sing a, a song which I don't want to sing, so I hope you'll join in with me and I'll make it as brief as I can. <clears throat> My grandfather was from this, this uh, village and he used to always sing this song. Uh, and it's a song called Denny Bai. And I don't really want to sing it, so Keen might help me. <coughs> uh, oh, Danny Bai, the pipes, the pipes are calling from glen to glen and down the mountainside you can all join in the summer's gone and all the roses dying tis you tis you must go and i must bide some help but come ye back when summer's in the meadows Or when the valley's hushed And white with snow Tis I'll be here in sunshine Or in shadow Oh, Danny boy, oh, Danny boy I love you so. I think that's enough of that. <laughs> well done, Michael. Top class. Well, that comes to the end of our formalities here this evening, but I want to give three big cheers to Michael Blake and the Agate Khan team members, Keen O'Connor and Max Watchman. Hip, hip. Hooray. Hip, hip. Hooray. Hip, hip. Hooray. Now, I'd like to 
call on Jerry to join us back on stage for a photograph. And Marcus, you'll stay on stage as well to represent your brother because we're going to do some photographs here on stage. We're going to give everybody the opportunity to get a picture taken with the Aga Khan Trophy. Stay around and talk to Keen and Max and Michael for as long as you want. But I think it's been an unbelievable turnout from you all here this evening. So give yourselves all one big final round of applause and well done. Thanks again. I'm going to be killed. Uh, there's there's uh, finger food available and tea and coffees, and uh, they're all compliments of Nula's Bar and Restaurants. She, so she wants you all to go and have some tea and have some finger food down at the back there. So uh, please do that. And uh, the marquee down the back, and it's many, many thanks to Nula. She's put huge effort into this, and I thank everybody else for coming. And... Uh, you know, thank you, Pat. Thank you, Catherine. You know, they always say, when are you going to stop calling me and phoning me? And I'm going to say, when you give me what I want, I won't call you anymore. <laughs> so uh, I'd like you all to take part of the hospitalities down the corner of the green. Thank you very much. Well done, Michael. Thanks again, everybody, for joining us here this evening. And uh, no pressure, lads. Just win it again in 12 months' time. And everything else, you can jump in along the way. And hopefully we'll be back here for another big celebration. Again, give them another big round of applause. Thank you.